What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Board Podcast. My name is Steve joined by Mr. William Monroe. Will, how are you doing? Steve, I had a couple of heartbreakers last night on Monday Night Football. We talked about on our waiver show. We had some close ones, and fortunately, you and I lost in our uh, Dynasty League by just a what, point and a half, two and a half points, something like that. Najee, Najee had a good game, but just unfortunately not good enough. Yeah, um, that hurt. I mean, we're probably one of the few people out there that lost with Jonathan Taylor in our lineup. Um, yeah, right. But one of many that lost to Nick Chubb. So, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Um, Give and a take there, kind of canceled out. Uh, and then just looked at the rest of your lineup to see really, you know, what what was going to rise to the top there and, and generate a win for a team. Yeah, yeah. Um, We'll move on. Still in the playoff spot, and that's what uh, that is what matters. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think my other league, I had a tougher heartbreak. I, I lost on the final two catches of Cole Komet with thirty seconds left and pretty much garbage time. So that's a killer man. That is yeah, a killer. that was a tough one as well. But thus is the pros and cons, the life and death of fantasy. Yeah, I just I didn't tell you pre-show. I actually just sent a uh, a trade offer out in our work league. Um, I, I saw someone online somewhere. Um, I don't even remember where. Am I even read it? I don't know, uh, which is weird because I found it while I was just sitting here like ten minutes ago. Yeah. Um, they traded a Hertz for Mahomes straight up, hmm. and I was like, "Well, I got Hertz. I'll send that offer. Give it a shot. Why Hopefully, not? you don't insult the person. Yeah, I don't care." Um, so, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'll keep you updated as to, uh, what happens there. Um, yeah, let me know how that one goes. It's Tommy. So I don't know. I've worked with Tommy yeah. before on trades, but I don't, th- I think he, he likes yeah. his quarterback. Eagles fan. So maybe, but yeah, imagine probably not with, with Mahomes there. Uh, but quarterback trades are always interesting. You know what else is interesting? Deciding on who to start at quarterback, Steve. Yes. Good segue, my friend. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we uh, let's jump a rate into it here, Will. Um, speaking of the Eagles, would you rather start Bridgewater versus those Eagles or Cousins against the Chargers? I think pretty easily Cousins here. I, I like the you know potential to have to score a little more for Cousins against the Chargers versus you know possibly a lower scoring game with two teams that I think want to run the ball a little more. They have some decent pass catching options between the Eagles and the Broncos, but I think both teams would like to establish the run. So I can see that being a little grittier of a matchup, whereas Minnesota and Chargers defenses are both solid, but I think both of those offense can put up some points. So I'll take Cousins pretty handily here. Yeah, same. Um, if memory serves, I believe the Eagles' pass defense is, is pretty good. Um, not like elite or anything, but it, it's solid, and they're, they're run defense little suspect. So, yeah, I think their defense plays into what Denver wants to do. So I agree with you. I will go with Cousins. Um, now, I don't know which of them has the lowest floor. Like, if you needed a floor play, it might be Bridgewater because he's relatively consistent, where Cousins, you know, does Cousins things every once in a while. But Yeah, I guess uh, it depends. Is that a primetime game for Minnesota? Because you know that they're not doing, they're not able to do much on prime. Yeah, time. yeah, he is not, but I don't think it is. Um, so you know, maybe there's an argument for Bridgewater from a floor standpoint, but I'll take Cousins. Gotcha. Moving on here, one that I don't think we'd ever think we'd have to de- decide upon going into this this year, but Carson Wentz versus the Jaguars or Aaron Rodgers versus the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, 
I, I guess, and you know, every week we, you know we talk about Wentz being uh, you know good for fantasy, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I guess it's a a play on is Rodgers really going to be a hundred percent? You know, are, are they going to ease him back in? Are there any lingering issues from COVID? Yada yada yada. <clears throat> um, I think he'll be fine, and I think uh, even if he's not fine, Seattle's defense isn't great. Um, but I think Russ is looking to be back, and, and that can end up being a, an interesting game. So I am going with Rodgers. Yeah, I think the only way I'm playing Carson Wentz here is if Rodgers is out with COVID, which is still a possibility. I think hope is that he's back, but I don't think he's in the clear yet. So I only think Carson's not a bad start, probably somewhere middle of the pack, back end QB1. But yeah, if you you have the upside of Rodgers, if he's playing, he's cleared. I think it's pretty hands down Aaron Rodgers there. The next one, Will... um... I think the only other time that we've had a Mahomes question is for you because you also yeah. have Josh Allen. Um, but here we got another one, Mahomes at Vegas or Justin Herbert versus those Vikings. Boy, that's tough, right? I mean, how can you sit Mahomes? But this year he's not been as consistent, not been showing what we are used to from him. And Herbert had a little lull a few weeks ago, but had another solid game against the Eagles last week. You know, to go with his great rookie year and good start to this year. I think it's close. I think both have good upside. As crazy as it is, I think Mahomes probably has a lower floor. So I think I got to go Herbert here, which is kind of crazy to say. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I think the Vegas you know pass defense is a little bit better than the, the Vikings pass defense, um, surprisingly enough. So, yeah, I think I agree. Um, on the, the flip side... I would be looking to probably trade Herbert um, for a, a running back or a wide receiver, get an upgrade on your team somewhere, and then just hope Mahomes turns it around if I have both of these guys. Um, you know, provided it's a redraft, Dynasty is a little bit different. But uh, I'm yeah. looking at that here at the, at the trade deadline and be making a move, dumping one of those quarterbacks. But uh, that's just me. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to think that you have that question there. But alas move on here to running jacks and and possibly the first time i think we've done this before here but a rest of season question uh ppr Kenyon drake or jordan howard yeah um i was trying to think if we've done one before too i i feel like we might have a couple years ago but i'm not i don't recall it's definitely not something we do very often um no it's it's pretty easy for me though uh to me it's drake he's been really good since they've moved on from gruden um I don't know if that's coincidence or, you know, or yeah, you know, it's what two or three weeks now. Yeah. Three weeks. So, you know, uh, maybe he's just catching fire, you know, putting everything together with the offense, yada, 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 or maybe it was a coaching change. I don't know, but he's been good for three weeks in a row and that's good enough for me. Meanwhile, you know, Jordan Howard, we talked about on the waiver show, he's got a, a assuming a pretty short shelf life when Sanders gets back, you know, I'd imagine he's not as fancy relevant. Uh, maybe he sneaks in some touchdowns here or there. We, we talked about on the waiver show, but uh, um, I'll stick with Drake here pretty easily rest of the season. How about you? Yeah. And, and I think everything you said makes sense. And that's why I think the choice is Drake here. But I think when you look at it, you're, you're probably looking at close to Jordan Howard's ceiling right now with Miles Sanders out and a split backfield where he's, kind of the go-to touchdown guy where you're probably looking at, you know, somewhere, you know, mid or, you know, or closer to the floor than the ceiling for Kenyon Drake. Right. I mean, Josh Jacobs, I believe is still playing. I don't have too many Raiders running backs across the board, but as far as I know, Josh Jacobs has been healthy, right? 
He has, but he's got a history of not being healthy. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, if there's somebody, you know, you're at, I guess you're not at Howard's ceiling because in theory, Boston Scott could go down. Like yeah. more people could go down and, and force the hand, but you're, you're probably at his ceiling where, you know. Closer to the ceiling, right. Know, where, where Drake is more of those like, you know, high quality handcuffs that you can get. That's really exactly what I think, right? You know, best case scenario, you have Kenyon Drake who's, you know, maybe it's a, a, a little bit of a committee, but likely the lead dog and, and by a, a wide margin if the starter goes down. Whereas Howard, we're seeing it's a full-blown committee. You know, maybe Boston Scott goes down, but you have no PPR upside really with Howard, whereas Drake, you do have some there, uh, especially with this being PPR. So, yeah, I mean, don't need to blizzard it anymore. It's, it's pretty easy, Kenyon Drake. Next one, Will. Uh... Battle of the tough matchups here. Half point PPR. Miles Gaskin versus the Ravens or Michael Carter versus the Bills. Yeah, man, this is tough. You know, you're looking at a rookie running back against a great defense, and then Miles Gaskin who just hasn't been solid. I don't think you know anyone would say they're thrilled with the return they've got. You know, with probably where you drafted him, he's had you know two or three really good games. You know, looks like half point scoring. He's only been over 10 points four times. One of them was like one. Had a really big game where he had 10 tar- ten catches in week five against Tampa. But other than that, you know, you don't have too high of a ceiling. I think I will, you know, bank on Michael Carter getting back into the targeting catch range that we saw the last few weeks. Um, and maybe not, you know, eight of nine or nine of 14 that we saw two weeks before that, but one catch for on two targets definitely doesn't seem like what you'd imagine from him. We'll see what quarterback is back. Uh, I don't haven't heard much from Zach Wilson, but I know Mike Mike Wright ha- has been you know, hopefully trying to get back on practice field. He definitely unlocked Michael Carter the last two weeks, so we'll see. I I think it's pretty easily Carter here because he's getting the carries. He has not had less than nine carries any game except for week one. He's been, you know, double digits every game except for week one and week three. So he's getting the carries and he's getting, you know, good target share. So pretty easy Michael Carter here for me. Yeah, same. Um, the, the quarterback um, the, the quarterback situation is up in the air. I believe they say White is fully healthy, but they're expecting Wilson to uh, practice at some point this week. So they they think he it's the potential exists that Wilson starts, but I think it's probably gonna be another week. Um, with that said, I, I'm with you as well. You know, Carter does have the tougher matchup, um, but Gaskin's just been so blah outside of you know like a few games here and there, and Miami offense as a whole. You know, it, it's kind of up and down. Where you know Carter, he's gonna get those targets, and that's what matters. I'd imagine the Bills are gonna come out very angry, uh, and, and they are going to be putting up some points on the Jets after. The embarrassment that was last week, and I think uh, Michael Carter is going to be the beneficiary of that. A lot of uh, checkdown work, as we've seen before in the past. So, yeah, I will stick with Carter. All right, and our last running back here, back to standard scoring: Elijah Mitchell versus the Rams, or James Robinson at Indianapolis. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a tough one because they're two guys you don't really don't want to set. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've both been really good for fantasy. I think I got to go with James Robinson because I'd rather have the Indy matchup um, than the Rams matchup for Mitchell. Uh, and that's mostly what it comes down to. You know, 
I want to start Mitchell if I can because he's been good, but you know, it, up against J Rob, I can't go. I, I can't side with him here, so I will stick with J Rob against Indy. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think they're both solid starts. You know, be happy to have them as your RB two or even a flex option, but better matchup there for James Robinson. And I think there is still the threat of other other running backs getting touches. Surprising. I don't know. Did you, if you you know, being a Niners fan, know anything more about it. But I saw that Jeff Wilson was active, but did not take one snap. So anyways, he dressed, he was there, but he didn't get a snap. Is there any reason for that? Do you know? Not that I've really seen now. Mm. You imagine he likely is going to be active again and probably gets more than zero snaps. So with him there with hasty, you know, maybe it eats into Elijah's uh, workload a little bit. You know, 18 carries two weeks in a row down to eight last week. Did have some catches, so that's always a bonus. But in this standard scoring league, doesn't get you too much more. So, yeah, I'll take James Robinson. Okay, and moving on to the wide receiver position here. PPR, moving from our waiver show to the start sit episodes here. Rashad Bateman at Miami. Or Jerry Judy versus Eagles. Who do you want? Yeah, this is... um. Probably a little tougher than it should be. I, I think it's got to be Judy. Um, he seems to be back from the injury and, and looking good. I, there is, I haven't heard a specific word yet, but I know Slay got hurt and didn't come back at the end of the game. So I think we talked about it yesterday on the waiver show. If he's down this week, that just bumps a corner, you know, bumps a, a worse corner up in each slot there. So you imagine... You really just have Nelson as you know the main guy that you're a little worried about. And is he on Judy? Is he on Sutton? And Judy runs out of the slot a little bit. So you might be able to work that a little more. I like Bateman. Um, he's going up against some tough corners. But as we've said already, Miami has not been very good against the pass, surprisingly. Um, so I think you know he's not a bad guy to put in the flex. But I think Judy is kind of working his way back into like a consistent flex option so i will play judy and i do have this choice in our work league actually half ppr and i think right now i've got judy in as kind of my fourth receiver bateman kind of right on the on the on the uh outside looking in yeah i think this is i find this one difficult i I think i end up on the other side and i think i would go with bateman because i it feels like the breakout's coming given mm-hmm. what we've seen in the targets and uh, Miami's a pretty good team to break out against because they yeah, suck. Absolutely. Um, they are, are bad. So I think I, I'm just calling my shot with that, uh, with that breakout. Um, but my hesitation is, is Sammy Watkins. And if he returns, you know, what does that do to Bateman? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm probably taking my shot there. If you wanted to do a floor play, um, I'd probably go with Judy. He's the safer option, but uh I'll call my shot on a uh, Bateman breakout this week. All right. Uh, next wide receiver for another full PPR. We've got uh, two guys that seem like they're two sides of the same coin here. Cole Beasley at New York Jets. Uh, old busted, maybe. And then the new hotness, Hunter Renfro versus the Chiefs. Maybe the younger version of Cole Beasley. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty similar. Uh, pretty similar there. Um I I think I have to go with Renfro. I could kind of divide it up like I did my last one. If you want high upside, I'd probably go with Beasley because he's on the better offense. Um, but 
unless I needed a real high upside, I'll stick with Renfro. He's more consistent. Um, there's less competition for targets there. Um, so I, I like him. I, I don't know what, I don't know what to make of that Raiders Chiefs game, given, you know, how Mahomes is playing. Um, so I don't know if that could be a high scoring game or not. Um, but just from a consistency standpoint, a competition standpoint, I, I trust Renfro a little bit more than Beasley right now. Yeah, I think I'm there as well, especially with kind of the odd stat of the Jets that they just give up so much to the running back that they don't give up a ton to the receivers because they don't really have to. And, you know, Bills maybe aren't made to be, you know, take advantage of that. They haven't been the best at running the ball, but I think they've been better as of late. So I think you probably still have a good chance that you're going to get a couple passing touchdowns there just because Josh Allen is at the helm. But yeah, I'll, I'll take Renfro here against the Chiefs. I think it's just a better chance you're going to be throwing the ball for longer in that game. Okay, and finally on to uh, two flex questions. Um, two bigger flex questions, actually. Uh, we got a PPR one here first. Will DJ Moore at Arizona, Michael Gallup versus the Falcons, uh, Carson or Collins, whoever plays at Green Bay, or Emmanuel Sanders at the Jets? That's a tough one. I don't think I can sit DJ Moore for any of these guys. I think it's, you know, you could argue if Carson's back and healthy, but week one of him coming back, I don't know. Collins definitely has good opportunity, especially if if we have um, Russell Wilson back and Aaron Rodgers out. Probably going to be good game script, but, you know, he could still be in a bit of a timeshare. I... Don't know that I want to play Gallup week one back, especially if everyone's healthy. It's, you know, it's, I, I just at this point, I just think the volume is going to be there for DJ Moore. Maybe it's not great volume, but if everyone's back and healthy for Arizona, they're going to put up points. You know, it's, they're going against tough Carolina defense, but I just don't know that I'm ready to sit DJ Moore just yet. I think I'm with you. I don't trust any of the options. Um, but I trust the game, you know, against Arizona, the potential for uh, the Panthers needing to put up some points um, mm-hmm. more than the other situation. So I'm with you. I will go with DJ Moore as well. All right. Uh, and then our last flex question, picking two here. Uh, once again, DJ Moore. Once again, Michael Gallup. Uh, then we have Antonio Gibson versus the Bucks. Marvin Jones at Indy. DJX versus Chiefs and Daryl Williams at Vegas. So this one I find hard because I don't like a lot of the options. Um, mm-hmm. So the first that the, we're getting, we're picking two. The easy one to lock in for me is Daryl Williams. Um, it doesn't look like Ceh is going to be back from what I've seen. Um, so I'll, I'll take you know the starting running back there. Um, as you had said, I like Gallup, but I'm, I'm not going to be trusting him the first week he's coming back. Um, even in a, a pretty good matchup against the Falcons, there's, you know, he's coming off the injury. There's too many options in Dallas, uh, I, not trusting him. So Gallup is, is dropping off there. Um, Deshaun Jackson, the week one against the Chiefs, I'm not trusting him either. Um, he is a player where I, I think you could slot him in. You know, I don't think he falls into the, well, you know, it's going to take him a couple of weeks to, to learn the playbook. Like what he runs a straight line down the field. Like there's no playbook to learn for DJ. Just run. So, you know, I'm not too worried about that, but at the same time, eh, I'm not trusting it. Like 
an old player going to a new team doesn't change anything. He's the same DJX he was in, in Tampa and with the Rams and whoever he, uh, he's with the Eagles what the past two years too. Like he's not he hasn't been the DJX guy that we've known for five years now. So that's not going to change now. Does he have a chance of catching a bomb touchdown? Sure, but I'm not rolling the dice on that. So he drops out. Um, the other three are where I start to struggle. Um, it, it feels bad benching Gibson, but against the Bucks run defense and him really not putting up a good fantasy line the past like three or four weeks, I don't think I could play him. So I think I, I sit Gibson and I like the Marvin Jones matchup against Indy more than I like DJ Moore, but Marvin Jones hasn't done anything great in a little while either. He hasn't been terrible, um, but he hasn't been good either. So I will again stick with DJ Moore here. Yeah, I don't really have too much more insight to add there. I' gonna go with Daryl Williams, DJ Moore, what Williams. Once again, if like CH is out, it's pretty easy. You gotta play Daryl Williams. And I know the rookie, or I don't even know if he's a rookie. Um, the newer running back on the team there, Gore, that's been getting some carries, has been taking some work away, but I still think Daryl's gonna be the likely lead guy there. And I'm just not ready to see DJ Moore just yet. You know, if Gibson had a better matchup, maybe, you know, you could take the shot on Marvin Jones, but there's still the injury risk of um, of uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think that he's been practicing at least somewhat, but you're still hoping that he's back and fully healthy. So, I mean, if you want to play it safe and go with Marvin Jones over DJ Moore, I'm, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't hate it, but I just. Not ready to sit DJ Moore just yet. Okay, well, time to move over into the trade portion of the show. Uh, got two dynasty ones to start off per the usual 16 teams here, Will. PPR, Amari Cooper and, and uh, James Conner, or Cam Akers, Michael Carter, and Terrence Marshall. This is a big one. <clears throat> yeah, that is a big one. I think I probably take the young side, unless, I mean, obviously, if you're a contender, you're not taking this younger players. But if you are not like a true top four or five team and, and ready to win now, I think getting, you know, acres, obviously ton of upside. You got to hope he comes back fully healthy, but ton of upside there. Michael Carter, we're seeing it right now, and it looks like he's going to develop into at least just a solid RB2, if not better. And then Terrace Marshall hasn't really played much because of injury, so I don't mind buying low on him. Connor, obviously, if you're a contender, he's going to be good this year and possibly on and off for future years. You know, Connor will be valuable while Chase Edmonds is out. And Amari is Amari. You know, you're definitely getting a, a top 20, you know, maybe top 10 some weeks too, wide receiver. So if you're a contender, you know, definitely the Cooper side. But anything other than that, I think it makes sense to just get those good young pieces there in Acres, Carter, and Marshall. Yeah, I think I'm with you. If I'm a contender, it has to be Amari because you're not getting too much help from the other side. Um, if you're a rebuild, yeah, I would still want the the, the acre side. It is like as your contender, it is hard, you know, moving on from Acres and Carter to get James Conner, who's probably like a one year guy, maybe like a two year <clears> guy. Um, but at the same time. You know, we don't know what Acres is going to be when he's get back. There's not a great history of people coming back from his injury. So 
you, you really don't know. And Henderson's looked good, but still as a rebuild, a lot of good young players there, um, stuff you could build around. So I will take the acre side. It's a contender. It probably hurts, but yeah, I'd have to go with the Cooper Connor side. All right. Next up here, another one that may be similar PPR dynasty, Ezekiel Elliott or Javonto Williams. Oh boy. This one hurts. Um, yeah, it, it feels weird, but I think I have to go with Javonte Williams. Um, you know, he has looked good and he's been fantasy relevant, sharing the load with Mar- or Melvin. You would like to think that Melvin Gordon will be gone at the end of the year. You never know. <laughs> you know, um, I had thrown something out on Twitter, uh, I think today, I don't remember, recently about, um, you know, the Chubb Kareem Hunt split. Like people have been waiting for that split to be happening for years now, and it's just never happened. So maybe Melvin Gordon's back next year. You don't know. He's played well enough to come back. Um, I don't think so, but you know, it's possible in which case that hurts, but at some point you got to pull the trigger on, you know, these older, I don't want to call Zeke old, but you know, these older tier running backs that are still good and you got to pull the trigger and move on before their value just collapses. And I think I would take this trade to move on from that. Yeah, I think yeah, it's it's tough. You know, if you're a contender, I mean, and there's still a chance you could have that Javante breakout at the end of the year and, and be not too far of a drop off from Zeke. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're true contender, I guess you could make the Zeke argument. Anything other to Javante Williams, and even as a true contender, you could call your shot and say, you know, hey, I think Javante is going to really break out at the end of the year and be in the same kind of ballpark as Zeke. You know, even if he's not getting the full volume. So I probably take Javante on this side, but man, I'd I'd want to see if I could, you know, maybe get something else. You know, maybe you can if if you're the Zeke owner and you're trading, you know, him for Williams, maybe you could say, hey, let me get, you know, a second round pick in Javante or something. It's probably tough to um probably tough to get asked for that with Javante Williams, you know, the hype around him, but I'd see if I could get anything more back. That makes sense. Like I said, it's 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 tough to pull the trigger on it when you're staring mm-hmm. around. Um, moving into the world of redraft here, ten team PPR, uh, T Higgins and Kyle Pitts or Stefan Diggs. Um, a note that the team getting Diggs losing Pitts has Gasicki on his team, so that is who he would roll with at tight end. So basically, Higgins and Pitts or Diggs and Gasicki. I think I take the dig side here. You know, the, obviously coming off of a down week for the overall offense for Buffalo. Yeah, you know, maybe you're getting a little bit of a discount because you know people didn't see a, a blow up game from Diggs. You know, I like Kasicki, so not bad. I'm a little worried about Pitts just for the the way the defenses are playing him with Calvin Ridley not there. They've been rolling over the top corner on him, so they're like bracketing him. So. While I think Pitts is great in Dynasty going forward, I'm a little worried about just him being like the really sole focus of the defense. And I think there is, you know, just tons of targets and, and, and it is a substantial upgrade going from Higgins to Diggs. So I wouldn't mind paying, you know, Pitts to do that and, you know, working Kasiki or, or working, you know, the waivers or maybe making another trade for tight end if you really want to. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and, you know, the Diggs Higgins, like you said, is a big upgrade. I'm not sure that the Pitts Gasicki moves a downgrade, you know, with all the injuries in Miami all the time. And like you said, Pitts getting that, you know, that special coverage, um, 
you know, I, if Kasiki finished higher rest of the season than Pitts, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, with that said, you mentioned Pitts and Dynasty. It might be a good time, you know, you wait, a, you know, whenever your trade deadline is, take a shot at Pitts. If, you know, the owner is less savvy and, you know, is not seeing a breakout year that he was expecting, then, uh, maybe you can, you can end up snagging him. Um, so take a look if you got a less savvy owner owning Pitts. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, you know, even in the coming weeks, I think you're probably going to have, targets but not necessarily the um the, the scoring that you want you know while calvin ridley's out so the more he does you know not put up those numbers because of the coverage there if you have someone full less savvy and they're worried about him just not living up to the hype you know take your shot and see if you can go get him yeah next uh next one here half point ppr again staying in the world of redraft um straight up uh patterson or aj brown yeah, it's um, it's. I think the thing that's tough is man, just the versatility of Patterson. You got a running back and a receiver. It really covers holes when you get injuries. I think I th- I'd have to take AJ Brown if you're going straight up here. I'd much rather be getting him than Patterson. Just you know, I think he's on the ascent. You know, for this season with the way that the offense is going to have to run, they're going to try to run the ball more. But I don't think it's going to be nearly as successful as Derrick Henry being there. So. AJ Brown seems to be healthy, seems to be getting the volume, and you just, you know, Patterson, there's going to be ways to get him a little more schemed out of it. So I would I think I'd have to trade that versatility for uh, for AJ Brown. Yeah, I think so too. The upside's probably with AJ Brown. Um, it, it does suck as, you know, somebody's got Patterson rostered. I enjoy moving him all over, you know, the, the flex spots, the wide receiver, the running back, covering all the bye weeks, um, and then being, you know, as good as he's been on top of that. It's a shame to lose that. But uh, A.J. Brown, like you said, you know, his usage, I would think, is only going to go up, and uh, he could be a league winner at the end of the year. All right. And uh, last one here on the docket, redraft, Travis Kelsey and Hunter Renfro. Or Darren Waller and Chris Godwin. I think this one's pretty easy for me. I'll go with the Waller side. Um, there's not that big of a difference between Kelsey and Waller to me, you know, especially with the way Mahomes has been playing. Um, so that's you know, it's a bump for Kelsey, but it's pretty close. But then you know, as good as Renfro's been, he's not Chris Godwin. So I'll easily take Godwin over Renfro. So pretty easy at the end of the day. Give me the Waller Godwin side. How about you? Yeah, it's funny. In our work league, I have Waller and Godwin. So I was like double checking here. I was like, does somebody have. Uh... Did you trade them for Kelsey and Renfro? I guess. No, know, this I don't, is a perfect exactly. Example. That's no? what it comes down to. It's like, I'm literally looking to see, like, did someone message Steve and see if they could make that trade with me? <laughs> uh, no. So yeah, our, our friend Seamus here has Kelsey. Does not look like he has Mr. Renfro, though. Um, he so, does yeah, have Brian I, Edwards. Does that help? There you go. Again, a, a, a different receiver there for the Raiders. <laughs> no, I think it's pretty easy. Waller and Godwin. I mean, Kelsey's, you know, had a down week, I guess. Not this week, but the week prior. But even so, um, you know, he's he, he's still probably the best tight end in football. Kittle looked good in his week back. So, that, you know, could be another guy that's in the mix there. But Waller's right there with him. And, and Godwin's just... Yeah, while the the floor is there for Renfro, there's still a solid floor for Godwin. The upside is just way higher on on Tampa's offense. So, I'll take uh, I'll take Godwin and and Waller for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, well, that's going to take care of today's episode. Got one more bonus one for you. Ooh, here. Bonus. Just came okay. in. Not necessarily a trade question, but just 
where you'd value this player in a, in a redraft going forward with an injury. We talked about him a little bit, I believe, at one point, maybe in start sits. But James Connor with with the Edmonds injury, what is the value that you put on Connor? Uh, you know, trading for, trading away. Like, what would you want for him if you're going to move him? What would you be willing to give up if you're looking to acquire him for the stretch run here? I hate talking about James Conner. I know. I drafted him. I don't know if you remember, but I drafted him. Um, And then I went into bye week hell. And I was. was, Yeah, and like he wasn't on a bye, but I was looking at him and he had faced uh, Jacksonville. I think he had like two touchdowns. He had two touchdowns the next week, get another touchdown. Like this guy is not getting any yards, just getting touchdowns. Like he can't Mm -hmm. sustain this. And I'm looking at the schedule now. I think it was the Cleveland game. I was like, okay, Cleveland's a good defense. I can't play him. I can't trust him to give him a touchdown. I have to drop him. Um, and to my credit, he didn't score that week. Um, <laughs> he didn't hit double digits. That's the only week he didn't hit double digits. And now, obviously, he's gone to the moon. So uh, it hurts me to talk about James Conner. Um, but w- he's quite valuable. He is uh, – you're going to have to pay up a-, a lot for him. And, and you know, you're going to look at James Conner and not – the, the name value has changed from what it was back in uh, the Steelers days. But uh, to me, he's a top guy. Like whatever you think you would pay for like Nick Chubb, you're playing for James Conner, um, which again, even just saying it sounds weird, but that's where I'm at with him. And he's one of the best offenses in the league. He's done nothing but score touchdowns all year. He's got four, two touchdown games this year. Um it's it's crazy. He does have a bye week. You know that's a shame that he hasn't you know missed his bye yet. Um, but his playoff schedule is Detroit, Indy, and Dallas. Like that, yes, please. That that looks pretty good. Um, yeah. Sheamus is the guy that owns him. He's the one on the outside of the playoffs, right? We need to keep it that way. Yeah, yeah he is. We need to keep it that way because that's scary. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever you think you'd pay for a guy like Nick Chubb, I think we got to pay for for Connor. You're looking at a top tier, yeah. know, wide receiver, tight end kind of a thing. As long as, especially if you, if you know, high ankle sprain for Edmonds, if we do think he's going to be out for the playoffs, like we imagine he'll be out for the next three plus weeks. But if this is, you know, almost the rest of the season thing, even when he gets worked back in, if if, if they're rolling with um with James Conner, I think you really have to value him as you know at the very least an RB two, if not more, just what the volume is going to get. Yeah, and you know Chase Edmonds, you know they can come back tomorrow and say, oh, he's misdiagnosed. He doesn't have a high ankle sprain. In fact, he's he's perfectly healthy. Like James Conner's still usable. It's not like Chase Edmonds hasn't been here all year and, and Conner's been usable. Sure, does, he doesn't have that chub value anymore, but he's still starting running back that you're plugging into your lineup. So yeah, even if and, Chase comes back, um, you're still using him. Yep, and especially on one of the best offenses in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard to pass up. So, you know, I mentioned league winners earlier with A.J. Brown. James Conner is definitely looking like one of those. It hurts. Right. I, hate, I hate talking about it. Yeah, yeah. It's Stupid brutal when well. you've had Oh, it. my God. I kept getting well. Oof. Woof, buddy. Yeah, that hurts. That's okay. Still in third place. <laughs> tied for second. Yeah. Also tied for sixth. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's okay. It happens. Keep telling yourself that. Yeah, I will. I will. But that's going to wrap up today's episode, folks. Tune in next week. Another waiver and start sit show for you. Until then, trust your board.